Hey, I know you're super busy, but do me a quick favor and go click that subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes are released so you don't miss a thing. Hey, welcome to Written on Your Face. I'm Tina Powers, and I'm a holistic esthetician, a master brow artist, interior design and organization enthusiast, astrologer, and much more. I'm skilled at many things, master of a few, but I'm enthusiastic about learning and sharing what I learn after experimenting with it myself. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We are officially in Scorpio season. We just passed Halloween. I hope you guys had a really fun time for Halloween this year. I, I did not do anything for Halloween. Um, I, I do love Halloween, but not for the typical reasons. I enjoy dressing up, don't get me wrong, but I, it's a very significant time of year for me, just astrologically speaking, for those of you who are uh, into the astrology of things. Um, Scorpio season, I'm a Scorpio rising, so Scorpio season for me, it's when my sun passes uh, my ascendant and it goes down to the lower part of my my chart, which it's always been a time of year for me that I've kind of hibernated, gone inward, um, done a little reflection. And apparently this is very common whenever your sun passes your ascendant, but it's always very common this time of year anyway. I think a lot of people do tend to stay indoors more and just sort of like hunker down, hibernate, etc. You know, the, at least in the northern hemisphere, it's it's getting colder, it's getting you know rainier here in Seattle. But Scorpio is a really interesting time of year. The Scorpio season is a very interesting time of year because Scorpio is actually the the um, the death and rebirth sign, you know, it's the Phoenix rising from the ashes, right? So it's usually a time of, um, shedding old ways of being, shedding old ideas, concepts, self-image, etc., and really transforming into something else. I also kind of compare it to like the caterpillar going into the chrysalis and then emerging as a butterfly, you know, it's, I mean, the caterpillar thing I think is a really interesting image to think about because they don't, it's not like they just morph into a butterfly. They literally turn into a little pod full of goo. They just turn into a liquid and then they reform into a butterfly. It's fascinating. But anyway, all that is to say that, you know, at least for me, and I know probably a lot of people out there, like this season is really a time for me to to really go inward and in terms of uh like what has been happening astrologically we just had the final taurus eclipse which was the taurus scorpio eclipse axis which has been happening for the last probably year and a half and it's significant for those of you who have strong Scorpio placements, strong Taurus placements. I have strong Scorpio placements. And with my personal Taurus being in my seventh house, that's my house of relationships, personal relationships, work relationships, 
uh, romantic relationships. And at least for me, the last year and a half has been a completely transformative time, more so than maybe ever before in my life. So I can say that honestly, assessing where I currently am with myself in my relationships, I am a completely different person. This has totally changed my self-identity. And thank God, you know, I mean, I'm 49. It's about time. <laughs> it feels like some of these lessons I kind of wish that I could have learned a little earlier. But, you know, the thing about, I mean, it's another Scorpio uh, uh, trait is that you really have to, when you choose a path, you really do have to work your way through the entire thing. There are no shortcuts. You know, you have, once you've made the decision to go through, through something, you really do need to go through all of it from the beginning to the end. And that is just a fact of life. It is a fact of life. And even though you may, you know, try to shortcut the situation or ignore some signs, some warnings, some red flags, whatever you want to call it, in the end, you can't escape them. So the transformation can take a year. It could take three months. It could take a year. It could take 20 years. You know, you really don't know um, until you meet yourself. And this is, this is that time of year when most people really, you're not going anywhere. You're kind of stuck in your house. You're with yourself. I mean, there's a lot of ways now to numb, you know, we've got TV and endless amounts of content, you know, social media, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I have often found myself after work, numbing out, watching something on TV, and then also looking at my phone at the same time. And it's like, there's actually jokes about this on the internet of like, you know, the certain kind of content that it's just designed for watching while you look at your phone. <laughs> so I think we, we are all doing this kind of stuff and it's just numbing, right? We're just numbing ourselves. We're not, we're not really following through on going inward. And that has been a major goal for me in the last well, since 2017, really, I've been actively going inward on, on purpose, intentionally, intentionally going in and just excavating all of the relational dynamics that I have brought in, that I have kept in, that I have nurtured and this last year and a half really did bring a lot of things to a head. I definitely ended some of what I thought were really significant relationships that, you know, just unfortunately, when you grow, sometimes you outgrow relationships and people who expected the same behaviors and acceptance of their behaviors from you are shocked when you show up stronger, when you show up more for yourself and quit providing comfort when other people do like act in ways that are frankly kind of fucked up. You know, I, I was confronted with some relational experiences where, you know, 
I had, I had not realized that I was downplaying the shitty behavior of other people in my life towards me. People would make a comment or talk down to me or talk to me in a certain tone of voice that was so disrespectful or disparaging. And I would just laugh it off or pretend like, I don't know, like it didn't happen or I'd forgive them, give them more chances. And I just don't do that anymore. You know, I just, I'm not here for it. So it, it can be shocking to those relationships when suddenly you're just not participating in that dynamic anymore. So it's been interesting (laughs) to say the least. It's been really interesting to watch some of these dynamics just completely crumble without my fire to hold them in place, without my power, without my continuing to make excuses for people. Right. Um, and for me, this is, this has all been very significant for me because this has all been happening in my seventh house, which is all relationships. Um, so it truly was a full excavation of all of my relationships and their dynamics. And some people, you know, really evolved with me and, it's been a really great process watching those people really take ownership and work on the foundation of the relationship with me. And it's been really fascinating to watch people double down and get defensive and deflect and project and just make everything my responsibility, which, you know, when you think about it, when I, when I think back about these particular relationships, that was the dynamic. That was the, I was always the one apologizing, or I was always the one making excuses for the other, or I was always the one who was downplaying their bad behavior or rudeness or um, lack of support or whatever, right? So, um, yeah, it's been quite a year and a half It's been quite a year and a half. I have seen some massive shifts in the way that I operate and all for the better. It's really serving me. I feel, I I don't feel a loss. It's really funny when I think about it. I don't feel like I lost anything. I feel like I gained so much um, because I, I gained back parts of myself that I neglected or denied or even just gave away to people that really didn't deserve it. (laughs) They really didn't. Um, and you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There were definitely some wonderful aspects of those relationships as well. But when the bad is outweighing the good, you kind of have to make a decision there. It's not, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting things to change. It just doesn't work like that. So when you start to change, when I start to change, and I notice that those around me either are um, envious of the change or um, put me down because of a change or um, withdraw 
um, their behavior gets negative or critical or disparaging, as I said. Like, I actually had a friend who made some very rude comments to me in front of a group of people that she knew but I didn't, and I I, I was like, I'm not going to even respond. Like, it didn't even deserve a response. I just let it hang there in the ether <laughs> and allowed everyone to just really absorb the quality of her words, which was fairly shocking. And in fact, one of her friends actually jumped in and stood up for me, which I did not expect, but I was grateful. It was a, it was a great, it was a great experience to have someone so new to me to really like, um, you know, stand up for me because I have just chose not to participate. Um, and that worked for me <laughs> in the moment. Sometimes you, you have to pick your battles and that was not a battle that I was going to fight. So I think it's really interesting too, when we talk about, um, like skincare and kind of what people really start leaning into this time of year. We call the season peel season in the aesthetics world, <laughs> um, which is also such a scorpionic thing because it's death and rebirth, uh, renewal. When I think of the Phoenix rising, it's a bird, right? It flies up in the air as it matures. And as it starts to die, it catches on fire and it lands in just a pile of ashes. So it, it rises brand new, energy, a brand new Phoenix rises from those ashes. It sheds off that old skin. And here we are in peel season, which is shedding of our old skin, right? It really is. Uh, it's a great time to start a peel treatment, um, on your skin, on your face, on your body. I always recommend really boosting up your exfoliation on your body this time of year. If you weren't doing it really consistently in the summertime, um, now is the time to really lean into it because you don't want ashy skin. You don't want dry, flaky, you know, dead skin just absorbing all of the moisture that you put on it. That's really all dead skin is going to do. If it's not, if it's not falling off appropriately, it's, it's, it's still stuck to your skin, to your live skin. Uh, you, any moisturizer you put on, it's going to just sink right in to those dead skin cells. And then your live skin isn't getting any moisture. So now you're perpetuating the, pri the problem, right? You're just, it's a constant state of imbalance. So the, the trick is to remove the layer of dead skin, then apply some kind of moisture, a mask, whatever, to reestablish re healthy, uh, hydrated skin. Um, and you can go deeper with this, obviously, the, the, the best tool available, uh, especially for the face, but certainly for the body too, is hyaluronic acid. Um, because we're, we're, we're in cooler environments, Northern Hemisphere, right? I'm in Seattle, so it's a little more humid here because it's raining. It's actually currently raining right now. We're getting into, um, I think, about a 10-day cycle of rain where it's just literally it's going to be raining most of the time for the next 10 days. <laughs> um, 
this is the make it or break it time of year for a lot of new residents in Seattle. <laughs> People don't realize quite how dramatic and impactful the gray skies can be, especially when it's raining, because you, you don't really want to be hanging out outside when it's cold and wet. It's a little more humid outside, but the heat comes on in your house. And what does the heat do? It just blows hot, dry air into your environment. So the heat is probably on in your car, again, hot, dry air. It's probably on in your office, again, hot, dry air. And then also most offices, I feel like, do not clean or change their air filters regularly. So there's all kinds of stuff in your offices. I mean, if you work in an office, I would run it up the flagpole, the suggestion to change the air filter. <laughs> it's a great time of year to do it. There's just a lot of people working in offices and that is a lot of dead skin swirling around and God knows what else being blown through the vents. So it's a good idea to change your air filters in your car, in your house, in your offices. But in addition to that, you know, adding some much needed moisture to the air in your environments because that hot, dry air is sucking all the humidity out of the air. So <clears throat> uh, my number one suggestion is to get a humidifier. I tell people this all winter long. Um, weeks ago, I started advising people, get your hands on a humidifier now. Prep now. Do your research now. Because much like air conditioners, humidifiers can be hard to get your hands on once you're in the throes of the season that you need it. Um, I, I am a fan of sleeping with a humidifier on. Uh, I will go home. I will fill up my humidifier and I'll put it at the foot of my bed, probably about a good, you know, three feet from my bed. And I turn it on about 30 minutes before I fall asleep and I let it run all night long. Uh, the beauty of this is that it, it hydrates the air around you. So you are breathing it in while you sleep. It's conditioning and rehydrating your nasal tissues, all your mucous membranes in your eyes, your nose, your mouth. Um, and also it is adding much needed water to the atmosphere around you so that your skin can absorb that hydration. It keeps your skin hydrated. Plus side benefit when you sleep with it, it actually lowers the temperature of your bedroom somewhat. So you get more restful sleep. Um, so I mean, that is wonderful because who doesn't want more restful sleep? And then in your car, it's going to be hard to add humidity <laughs> to your car. So, you know, ideally you're not stuck in your car for six hours a day, but you know, you can get little travel humidifiers if you need one, uh, in an environment like Seattle, you could just crack a window. You can have your heat on, but you can crack the window and you can get a little humidity in that way. Um, primarily I just recommend sleeping with a humidifier. Obviously if you have the ability to have a small humidifier in your office, great. Or a little mister, that's always really nice too. Sometimes I will even boil a huge stock pot full of water on my stove when I get home and just let all my plants just sigh, this sigh of relief. You can actually hear the leaves relax and unfurl and they just, they get so happy uh, to have that much needed moisture in the atmosphere. So uh, it, it, everything smells better, it feels better. So it's really good. Now, in terms of like what you can do professionally for your skin, if you really want to start 
um, seeing some changes in your skin. Let's say you're dealing with, let's say, acne scars or even just acne in general. Uh, maybe you are dealing with um, fine lines, um, some skin tone issues, hyperpigmentation issues, enlarged pores, etc. These types of things are easy to address. They can take some time to really completely repair. Sometimes it's just inherently how your skin is and without like some sort of surgery or some sort of like a, uh, aggressive laser, you're probably like with my, like for example, my acne scars are, they're deep and I've been doing microneedling on mine in addition to peel treatments and they are definitely shallowing out. But let me just tell you, I've been an esthetician for 20, going on 24 years and I have been actively and consistently doing professional grade exfoliation treatments. I've done laser treatments. I've done microneedling treatments. I've done all combinations of all of these types of things. Plus I am using some of the best quality skincare that you can get professionally. And I still have residual acne scars. Um, but they're getting close, you know, it takes a, it can take a long time sometimes is what I'm saying. But in terms of like improving the quality of your skin, improving your skin's ability to absorb moisture, um, just in general, keeping it healthy during the winter months, professional peels are phenomenal for this. Now you can do one a month or one every six weeks or something like that. You get really optimum results when you do it once a month. Um, or you can do it, you know, a couple times during the season. It depends on what your concerns are. I always recommend getting a consultation because everyone's a little different. Um, best results are once a month. Now, if you're working on something very specific like acne scars, fine lines, hyperpigmentation, etc., a series is recommended. Now, depending on what type of peel you get, there's lots of different ones out there, but there are a lot of really intensive peel series that you can do often a series of three or six where you come in once a week and get that peel done. And in a six week time frame, if let's say you do the six week one in six weeks, your skin is practically unrecognizable. It is fantastic. I will usually do a series of six, um, about two to three times a year. Um, and then I maintain it, you know, I'll do once a month. I'll do a peel to maintain it. So that's sort of how I do it for my skin. And a lot of people can benefit from this type of thing as well, but it totally depends on you. Um, but they, it will improve your cell turnover. It will boost your collagen production. It can regulate your sebum or oil production, and it can help to fight, fade hyperpigmentation. And then just overall, it really does just enhance the radiance of your skin not to mention the fact that it increases your skin's ability to absorb your at-home products. So you get better absorption of all that beautiful skincare that you are using at home. And who doesn't want that? I mean, you use less, you get better benefits. Boom. It's a win-win. Um, it's also a great time of year to start moving into more clinical treatments. So what I'm talking about is nano-infusion and microneedling, which I did address on a couple of specific episodes about it. So you can always go back through the library and look at all the details there. But again, these are going to, they're, they're minimally invasive. 
Um, they use tiny sterile needles to prick the skin and induce a wound healing cascade that really induces uh, collagen production. And that collagen production rate is increased for a six months with every microneedling treatment that you do. So this is helpful for fine lines, wrinkles, irregular skin tone and texture, acne scars, enlarged pores, stretch marks. Um, it really does really restore your skin's glow. It is highly recommended to do in a series of three to six, again, to see the full benefits and to maximize your results. Um, the only caveats, the only people who really should avoid doing it are, you know, uh, people with vitiligo, people with psoriasis, any active inflammatory acne, skin infections, or anyone prone to keloid scarring. Um, and then if you are someone who's prone to cold sores, who has, uh, the herpes simplex virus, uh, HS1 or 2, you would want to take antivirals prior to receiving your treatment in order to prevent an outbreak. So those are kind of the, the caveats of doing the, the microneedling specifically. Nano infusion has less of that, uh, of a problem because it's really only affecting the epidermis. But it's a great way to infuse especially um, hyaluronic acid and even vitamin C serums, any kind of niacinamides, any brightening serums, uh, humectant serums, these types of things uh, using nano infusion going into the epidermis. It is like chef's kiss of peel treatment protocols, like adding a nano infusion to a peel treatment. I do this beautiful multivitamin exfoliation treatment here in my studio where certain skins that are more tall, even me, I can do this and I have rosacea. Um, as long as I'm not having a rosacea outbreak, I can actually nano infuse the exfoliant into my skin, which gives me a deeper exfoliation. Then I can follow that with a nano infusion of any serum applications on my skin. So it is a really beautiful treatment that leaves my skin just looking and feeling amazing, amazing. And there's like virtually no downtime for um, nano infusion or even for microneedling. Uh, microneedling, best case scenario, you're, you're having a little bit of flushed skin for anywhere from one to three days. And then some people who don't do a lot of exfoliation, who do microneedling, or even some of the deeper peel treatments, you may see some actual peeling on your skin. Um, it's not uncommon at all, but it doesn't mean it's not working if you don't peel. <laughs> uh, if you don't exfoliate often, you're more likely to see some more intensive peeling after a treatment like that, but not necessarily. And everyone's just very different, I guess is what I'm saying. So it's, it can be expected for about a week following anywhere from, you know, three to seven days after you may see some peeling on the skin when you do a treatment like this. But overall, um, that is so minimal. You really don't have the downtime that you would from say like laser treatments or like, uh, the types of deep, chemical peels that you would get at like a dermatologist's office. Those ones can take a full seven to 10 days to complete. It's like your you molt, you know, like a snake, like literally your skin will just 
peel off of you. And so you, you do need a, a little bit more downtime for those types of things. I don't personally do those in-house here. Um, I do medium and shallow peels. So depending on the skin type, I can choose a peel that will most suit your skin. So I highly recommend coming in for a consultation. If you're not sure, you can always send me an email if you're not sure what you want to do. But if you want to come in for a peel series, now is the time. Uh, really get your skin prepped so that it can start to reestablish healthy collagen production. Uh, really, by the time spring comes around, you will have a whole brand new face. <laughs> Now, when it comes to the body, I recommend doing, you can find alpha hydroxy body washes. Yes. I also really like using, um, exfoliation gloves. I don't like loofahs. They harbor bacteria. They're kind of gross. They don't fully dry. And because they are quote unquote, natural sponge material, they're more likely to grow bacteria. So I like their recycled material, the plasticized, uh, recycled gloves because they're inorganic. They do not grow bacteria and they dry completely and quickly. So there's no, or, there's nothing on them that can, that can harbor bacteria. So if by chance you do exfoliate your skin and you, let's say you have a cut on your, your shin. Okay. And you use, um, a loofah, you could very well have bacteria enter that wound and cause an infection not so with the exfoliation gloves. It's much easier to use. Now, when I do mine, I do mine about three times a week and I use, um, I sell this, this beautiful shower cream here that has these like organic non-detergent saponifiers in it that are so creamy and rich that it actually feels like you put a little lotion on your skin. Um, I use that with my exfoliation gloves. You don't need very much. It's very foamy and creamy and the combination of the gloves and that body wash together it is so your skin just feels baby soft and beautiful when you're done. So what I look for is non-detergent body washes, right? I prefer more creamy formulas that do have some, some foaming activity. So you want to stay away from, um, sodium lauryl sulfates, um, and laurel sulfates, obviously. Um, you can look for, I mean, I, I, I personally don't use any of the conventional body washes like Dove or, um, any bar soaps. I stay away from that kind of stuff. Um, I find it very drying. You know, when you get out of the shower, if you've washed your body with that stuff and it feels so dry, you need desperately to put moisturizer on because you just, your skin feels tight. That's not a good sign. So I highly recommend using something like a creamy consistency. I have had good luck with, um, Jason. Uh, I think they're actually, I can't remember who bought them. I feel like Unilever or somebody bought them, but I have still had good luck with their coconut body wash, which is kind of creamy and nice. Um, but I use the comfort zone tranquility shower cream. That is my go-to. And then Lush Cosmetics actually makes these really, they make some really nice body washes as well. So it's worthwhile checking them out uh, also. But yeah, about three times a week, three, eh, two to four times a week is a good amount of time to exfoliate the skin. If you are doing body waxing, 
leg waxing, bikini waxing, any other part of the body, if you're waxing any part of your actual body, you're going to want to be exfoliating regularly anyway to avoid ingrown hairs. Um, and just to make sure that the new hairs can grow in very cleanly since they do grow in from a brand new um, root stage, they are much thinner. So when they, they need to, you need to be sure that there's no dead skin blocking that follicle. So it can come through the skin um, efficiently uh, and without curling back in on itself. Then you get an ingrown hair and that, as we know, if you've ever had one, it's kind of painful. It's uncomfortable. So make sure you're exfoliating regularly. Uh, if you're waxing three times a week is what I tell people. Uh, the exfoliation gloves are usually my go-to. I do often sell this really beautiful body scrub that has glycolic acid in it as well. Um, it is, it's, it's like a scrub, it's scrubby texture. So you get a physical scrub and you get an acidic scrub. So it goes deeper into the epidermis. That's a really nice deep exfoliation. I mean, well, medium exfoliation treatment for your body. Um, I love it. Now, I will say overall, when you're talking about exfoliation um, treatments, whether it's at home or professionally, if you're using retinols, you're probably going to want to back off of your retinol a little bit to receive these types of treatments. It totally depends on which treatment that you're, you're choosing to do. But most of the time, um, I might recommend taking a break for about mm, a day or so before your treatment and like a day or so after. Um, I mean, even with waxing, I don't, I don't wax skin that has fresh retinol on it unless you're extremely well adapted. The skin is thinned dramatically with retinoids. So it's not often a great idea to wax that skin. Uh, your, your, your probability of tearing the skin is much, much greater if you're using retinols. Um, and so the same is true with more aggressive exfoliation treatments. So again, consult with your esthetician and, um, I usually just recommend taking a little breather from your retinol, just, just a little bit. Now you might want to be specific and ask this question of your esthetician, but depending on the peel, they would usually advise you, um, what to avoid. Um, I certainly wouldn't use it the night of because you absolutely do not need it, but you can probably restart it, you know, 48 hours later. It's probably good. Uh, 24 to 48 hours. So that's it. That is uh, this week's episode all about peel season, Scorpio season. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying your lovely seasonal shift into fall. I don't know what's happening in the rest of the country, but I know that this climate change situation has created some very weird weather patterns um, around the world. Um, and so whatever is going on where you are, I follow these tips. This will really help you to keep your skin feeling healthy and in better shape as we move towards the colder winter weather. You guys have a great week and I will talk to you next time.
Thanks for joining me today. All of the editing, recording, subject, content, production, everything is done by yours truly. So go on over and click that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and it lets me know who is out there listening. Uh, rate and review the show. Let me know what you'd like to hear. Uh, what do you want me to talk about? Who knows? Your question or your request might get answered on a future episode. Find me online at powerspotseattle.com, on social media at powerspotseattle, and also at heytpow on Instagram and TikTok. All right. Good talk. <laughs>